Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Uh, yep. I want to get into this running back discussion to sure. kind of piggyback off of what Bucky and Aaron were talking about. Uh, but we talked yesterday, Craig, about I, I think the big news, my, a lot of people, myself included, were waiting to see if Sark would drop would be if anybody's opting out of the bowl game, if anybody's told him yet. And I, he said he said those conversations are still ongoing. Uh, we've reported at Horns 24-7 that it's been trending it's been heading in the direction like B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson won't play in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about yesterday, yep. I think for Rowe it's a health thing. And yeah. he, he's got his focus now, I think, has to be on making sure he's healthy for the senior bowl. Agreed. That's a massive job interview. Absolutely. For him. So uh, there's a report from inside Texas that DeMarvin Overshone won't play in the bowl game. That would not surprise me because he's a senior bowl guy as well. Okay. So in that, again, we talk about the massive job interview. Nothing is official yet, but – the two that we've reported at Hornets 24-7 that it's trending that way, I don't think, I don't think that would surprise anybody if those three guys didn't play in the bowl game. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And that's why I asked you that yesterday with regard to Roshan. And you made the best point about all of that because I said knowing him the way we know him, that if he was healthy, and that was the big if, yeah. if he was completely healthy, he would want to be in that game for himself, for his teammates, yeah. for his university. But the health thing is the big thing for him. And you brought up the biggest caveat of all. You really need to be healthy for that senior bowl, not because of the senior bowl game itself. It's all about the workouts. It's all about the The interviews. interviews. All of that is vital to his future as a player in the NFL. So, yes, totally would understand that. You'll have the combine and and all of that stuff. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't expect it to happen. You know, it's it's interesting. Craig Sark has brought this up a couple times, and I agree with him. You know, if it was just up to the players – yeah. If it was just their decision, yeah. all these guys were playing the ball game. Yeah. But they've got futures to think about. Sure. And it's not just their decision. It's now with, with NIL and the way things are structured, you've got agents and you've got trainers and you've got your family and all these different people, uh, everybody trying to make what they feel is the best decision for you. And it, it's a lot to think about. So, um, again, nothing's official with those three guys. I would not expect to see them uh in the bowl game. Anything jump out to you? You said you did have a chance to go back and listen to the press conference. Anything jump out to you? It was kind of what you said as well. There wasn't uh, a, a lot of electric stuff. What I got and what was in the uh, was in the morning report this morning was that it was a big time we'll see yeah. about a lot of things. Yeah. About a lot of things. Not just Roshan and Bijan, but he said there are guys who have decisions to make. And, and I, I also got the impression Sark was still wrapping his organizational head around everything, given the fact they had not been back on the practice field. He was doing home visits. The recruiting, the final drive toward signing day is going on. So that, that's a week from Monday, right? The 21st, correct? Which, a week from, uh, two weeks from yesterday. Two weeks from yesterday, yes. okay. All right, so with with that. No, two weeks from, I'm getting my days fixed up. Two weeks from this past Wednesday. Okay. So it was the 21st, yes. Okay, all right, yes. So so with that in mind, uh, there's all of that is important about, um, you know, he had to, he has to put all those organizational elements in place. 
before just necessarily looking at a specific guy, important though those two guys are, about whether they're going to be in the bowl game. And he said they'd had conversations. Mm-hmm. There would be more conversations. And I'm sure today is going to be a big day about that. Yeah. You've also got portal conversations with guys yeah. that, that are coming up. You have guys that might be getting ready to graduate or guys that might realize, hey, if I want to play, if I want to exhaust my couple of years of el- remaining eligibility, it might have to be yep. somewhere else. That stuff is still ongoing. You know, we talk about Sark's travel. Somebody mentioned it, and I, you could kind of feel it yesterday. I'm like, man, Sark just looked a little tired. I'm like, well, yep. he had just come in from Arizona. Uh, I think Jacoby Lane, and there's a couple other prospects out in Arizona doing in-homes with. And then he went sh- pretty much, I think he had some footballs to sign or something. There was something that he and Kalen DeBoer had to do. Uh, and then he went hop the plane and went to the greater Colleen area. I know he was at Copper's Cove yesterday yep. and he did Jaden Chapman's in home last night. Yep. So it's he is busier than a one armed paper hanger right yep. now when it comes to comes to traveling. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on. All right. Uh, did you have another? I've, uh, no, I just uh, wanted to get your take on a press yeah. conference if you'd heard anything that yeah. jumped out to you. But I, I do want to get into this running back discussion yeah. because B. John sure. Robinson wins the Doak Walker Award. He's the fourth Longhorn to win it joining Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, and Deontay Foreman. He also uh, gives tech, puts Texas in a tie with Wisconsin for the most individual winners and the most awards won because both of those schools have multiple winners. Ricky Williams won it twice yep. for Texas. Jonathan Taylor won it twice for Wisconsin. Uh, and when we look at Bijan Craig, you can look at the numbers. Uh, if he doesn't play in the Alamo Bowl, he's going to break Ricky Williams' school record for career yards per rushing attempt. He'll be at 6.3. Yep. Ricky's at 6.2 right now. He's fourth in career rushing yards. Uh, t- you know, total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. He's in the top four or five in those statistical categories. Uh, top four in terms of yards for uh, – top five in terms of yards for scrimmage. The conversation, and I thought Bucky and Aaron, it's a great conversation anytime you have these. Where does he rank kind of in the, the pantheon of, of Texas running backs? Like where would you rank him? And I guess it all depends on the individual and kind of what criteria you want to use to rank guys. Like, I'll tell you what, I will put Deontay Foreman's 2016 season up against any season that any Texas running back has ever had. But I don't know that I would put Deontay Foreman in my top five of best Texas running backs all time. Yeah, and then that makes sense. Like you said, a lot of that comes down to the delineation of what you're outlining as the criteria uh, and and uh, and different kinds of backs in different styles of offenses, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. it's important to to keep that in mind. Um, you know, I mean, you go back to to Earl Campbell, and the Longhorns had gone from wishbone to the eye, and and he was leading leading the charge there, going out of the eye. When you think of Eric Metcalf, it was more multiple based in what they were doing and how they could utilize him out of the backfield getting him the football in his hands in space, that sort of thing. Plus, his danger as a, as a kick returner, punt returner, uh, can, cannot be undervalued. Uh, you mentioned uh, Ricky Williams, you know, it, it, tremendous what he did and how he could get you. You know, Greg Davis used to talk about what he and Cedric Benson could do if you needed three, you'd get your three. Sometimes you might not get more than three, or you might get 53, yeah. especially in the case of Ricky. But Cedric could almost always find a way to get you the three or the four that you needed to do it. I, I saw Deontay Foreman in a similar type thing and being the heavy-duty workhorse that he was. Yeah. And Bijan could be that at times, but the way the offense was structured was not to make him the workhorse so as 
to risk further injury because he had injuries uh, during his career as well. So I think it's it's different criteria that you're judging on when you're talking about best running backs. They yeah. were all great. It would it would be easy just to look at the top five leading rushers in school history and just say Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, Earl Campbell, Bijan Robinson, Jamal Charles. Those are the top five in terms of rushing yards. I just put that in any order, and, and you'll probably right. be right. And I don't know that anybody would argue with that. But you think about of the wishbone running backs – Chris Gilbert, probably the best of the of the wishbone running back. First to uh, rush for a thousand yards in three seasons of college football in the day when freshmen weren't eligible. Right. You've also got, I mean, Hodges Mitchell put together a really yep. good career. Do you rank Hodges in there somewhere? My late father went to the grave saying Roosevelt Leach was the best running back Texas ever had, and and I had a chance of once once upon a time to talk to Earl Campbell about Roosevelt Leach and and the kind of impact he had on him and he had. On Texas, uh, so Roosevelt Leaks is a guy you would put in there. So you know, you know, Jeff, if you had modern medicine and ways to scope knees, yeah, what Rosie could have done, what Roosevelt Leaks could have done with moderns instead of major knee surgery, yeah, it's it's amazing thing what he could have done. You talk to Keith Moreland about Keith Moreland roomed with him when Keith Moreland was playing in the secondary his first couple of years before he went to complete baseball. Keith will tell you uh, what a special guy. Uh, Roosevelt Leaks was, and Keith was on the field that day when he saw Rosie go for 342 against SMU. <laughs> so, you know, that's he's it's another great back worth worth uh, measuring. And even even in their own ways, and I'm not putting them in any kind of list, but in their own ways, uh, you had Jam Jones and Ham Jones that helped mm-hmm. out. There were different guys that were that were a part of this that that made a difference. Uh, you mentioned Hodges Mitchell that that contributed to offensive systems and they were different systems they all differed over the time if it was if it was my list if I'm if you're asking me who do I where would I rank Bijan yeah I would definitely put him behind Ricky and Earl I would have Ricky one Earl two gosh and then he and Cedric Benson are such different runners but great in their own way yep I, I would I would probably put Cedric Benson slightly ahead of Bijan and then five, uh, you know, give me between Chris Gilbert, Jamal Charles, Roosevelt Leaks. Those are kind of the three for me right there. Right. Ask me on a different day, I might have a different number five. Sure, sure. But yeah. I think those four for sure, Ricky, Earl, the late Cedric Benson, and B. John Robinson, to me, I, I think those are your top four running backs in Texas history. Yeah, it's a great thing to be able to have that kind of conversation because of all the great running backs. Um, I was going to throw in basketball note. We had uh, Longhorn Weekly with Chris Beard last night uh, out at Pluckers. And uh, we're now, Jeff, into the portion of the season where we start having players on. Mm-hmm. And last night we had Alex Anamekwe and we had Rowan Brumball. Did you keep Snoop away from Alex Anamekwe last night? If Snoop had shown up, you know, it would be <laughs> – Alex is, a, is uh, you know, Alex is a great kid. Uh, it, uh, Chris Beard said – one thing I got to get him to do is open up because he's a like soft-spoken, incredibly intelligent young man. His parents had moved from Nigeria uh, in the late '70s, and uh, he's uh, and he's got a good sense of humor about him as well. And then Brumbaugh is a guy that's just inquisitive. Uh, and he's <laughs> it's got, funny you mentioned that. He's the man of a thousand questions. I, I was talking at Big Twelve Media Day. I was talking to all the guys about the freshmen and Brock Cunningham and Tyrese Hunter. They say, those freshmen, they ask questions. They say, they both said, Rowan asks a lot of questions. He does. And Tyree said it to the point where he's like, I had to tell Rowan, like, Rowan, bro, chill. Like, it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll get it figured out. They, they describe it, Beard describes it as, as, 
is, is, is one of the most curious people. In other words, Rowan's one of the most curious. He's curious about everything. Yeah. And yet, here's a guy who grew up in Washington, D.C., so we were kind of doing some uh, rapid fires at your favorite monument, National Monument, D.C., and he goes, I guess Washington Monument. I said, you been up in it? No. <laughs> said he hadn't been in any of them. He goes, when you live in the city, you don't do those things. See, it's kind of like I've talked about this living in Texas. Like, there's stuff we don't see in the state, like yeah. uh, San Jacinto Monument. I hadn't been over there, I think it was like 2011. Was, yeah. And I've lived here my whole life. That was the first time I went over there. It was a couple of years ago, probably about eight, year, eight nine years ago now. I hadn't been to the – to the Kennedy Museum. See, I haven't been. I haven't been to the. I went and you to, and you lived in the. And Metroplex. I lived there for eighteen years. I, and they had an older museum that I went to before they allowed people to go in the school book depository. Yeah. By the time they did allow people to go into the Texas school book depository, I'd already moved down here. So I haven't been yet, but I still I still want to go uh, to that. I've been to the San Jacinto Monument. Yeah. I've been there. Um, I've never been inside the state capitol. Seriously. Never, never been. My, my kids have on field trips. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never been, so maybe someday. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, we have Inconceivable. It's Friday, Snoop. What does Friday mean with Inconceivable? Flaccid. Yeah. Means we go over to the most flaccid state in the lower 48. Grab that low-hanging fruit from Florida. Got a couple of Florida man stories for you and a couple other items as well. We're at Total Men's Primary Care, the Toys for Tots drive going on 75 years of, of doing Toys for Tots to drive, and that's a, that's a great thing. We hope you'll participate. Many of you did yesterday in Georgetown. We thank you for that. For those of you who couldn't make it up there yesterday, please come on by if you can. Bring a new unwrapped toy for a youngster from newborn all the way up to 12 years of age. We're on the South Congress location of Total Men's. That is between uh, Old Torf and Ben White, uh, just north of the St. Ed's campus. So we hope you can come on by and do that. This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by... Inconceivable. 